Welcome to another edition of the Team Turnbuckle Podcast on the IB Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Keith Fleming. With me, as always, at least lately, both Ron L. Tinsley and Sam Howe. Guys, how you doing? Doing great. A little hot in L.A., but <laughs> uh, doing okay. Give me a break. I live in Georgia. A little hot in, in California. I mean, it's a dry heat. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's not as hot as humidity. I can you know promise I mean? you that. I've been out west. You don't, you're not sweating the second you step outside the door. No, it's nice. Ron, how are you doing okay? I'm doing well. No, I was just thinking about the first time you did the um, and you guys were having the discussion. In a massive heat wave, so it was just absolutely bunk. I don't want to hear about what many reasons it's just human. Ron, I think we're having some trouble hearing you. Sam, yeah, you that, that came through garbled. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. Well, real quickly, we're going to get to the start. Hopefully, we can get that figured out real quick. But uh, we're here today. Uh, we already did a podcast this week. Normally, we go over the week of wrestling. We have SummerSlam on Sunday, NXT TakeOver on Saturday. And then, if we have time, we're going to get into AEW Dynamite, which I'm shocked they didn't do like more long-term planning for this. And we can talk about this on next week's episode, but... I didn't even hear that it was going to be on Saturday for a couple of weeks. I think until last week was the first time they said it on the show. Um, and I thought that would actually have been an opportunity possibly to get some different people watching on a Saturday. Uh, I'm assuming a lot of people are going to be watching TNT the next couple of weeks because of the playoffs. Um, but anyways, that's, that's not the main thing we're here to talk about. We're going to dive right into the SummerSlam card. Then we'll do NXT. Let's, we're just going to go through the card. We'll ask some questions if there's, Things you guys want to ask or talk about, please just let her rip. But we're going to start with Seth Rollins versus Dominic Mysterio. Uh, I guess my question for this match, and I'll start with Sam, is can Seth Rollins carry a second-generation guy to a good match in his first one? I think he can. I think that it should – I think I said this in another podcast. I stand by this. It really just should be Seth, like, tr like stopping him. I mean, there's no – like, the only way – like, they can do some garbage stuff where there's a hope spot, but, like, that really should be just, like, Seth trucking. Lesnar Cena from SummerSlam a few years ago. Yeah, on – yeah. I mean, like, I, Dominic Mysterio is a big boy, but like, come on. Like, it's his first match. Like – no, no. I mean, I, I think he can carry him to a fine match, but he should squash him and, like, be like, are you serious? Like, you really thought you could hang with me? What is this? Like, come on now. Rhino, what do you think? You there, Rhino? All right, we're still having some technical difficulties with Ronell. Um I'm kind of looking forward to this match after the last couple of weeks. And I didn't think I would be saying that three, four weeks ago. I thought they'd done a pretty good storyline with it. I'm assuming Mysterio has to get involved in some way. And I'm talking about Ray, not Dominic, obviously. 
and maybe I think Dominic has a, you know, a gutty match that probably won't be too quick where I think Sam's kind of on the right track that Rollins should dominate most of it, maybe have a hope spot or where he, I don't know, turns the tides, Ray comes in, makes a run. But at the end of the day, they need to have Rollins go over and I'm kind of ready for this Mysterio thing to end just all together. And it, they're going to probably end up having Ray, uh, you know, I'm assuming fight Seth maybe the next week, right? Because we have that pay-per-view as well. Ron Allen, did you get back in here, buddy? I did. Uh, I think I had too many things uh, open at the time, so I just wanted to pull <laughs> everything and then jump back in. You're the man. So what I was asking, Ron Allen, is do you think Seth can carry this match with Dominic Mysterio? Oh, absolutely. Um, Seth, uh, as we've been saying for the majority of this year, is doing some of his best work and honestly can pull a great match out of a broomstick, quite honestly, from the way he's been working over the past year or two. So I absolutely expect him to carry this match. Um, with it being a street fight, it doesn't have to be so... Uh, so um, technical, so to speak, uh, giving, you know, Dominic a little leeway. I think Seth is going to put on a great performance, but he still has to uh, come over on, on Dominic in this match. What's your expectations for Dominic Mysterio? I expect Dominic to put up a pretty decent showing. Um, I'm going to assume he's going to be heavy on the kendo stick, uh, as he has been for the better part of the last month. Um, I expect a, a few uh, good moves. You know, we've seen him in the ring a couple of times before. So I expect a you know, decent move set for a youngster coming out. Um, but um, hopefully he, he loses. So we all agree we think Seth is going to end up winning here. Absolutely. Yes. And let me say one thing that, like, the WWE could get in my good graces with is if Seth Rollins, like, if, uh, if a Dominic turns heel and is like, my dad is Eddie Guerrero. Because like, I don't know if you guys remember that. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I really yeah. would appreciate Talk about long-term like, booking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my man, Ronak, would love you if that actually happens. I would lose my shit. And, like, I, I don't think they'll do it. But, Eddie like, Guerrero really would be, be smelling down from heaven. For it, sure. it would be such a great heel turn. And, like, anyway. Just take yeah. on the lie, cheat, and steal moniker. Just the whole nine yards. Yeah, I, I would I would lose my mind if they did that. All right, but so I don't think they will. I don't either. So the second match, and we've talked about this for a few months. I'm so excited about this match. Uh, you got Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville. It's a hair versus hair match. We'll start with Ron L. How would you book this match? Because at the end of the day, one of these two females is. I'm assuming going to have a shaved head. I don't know if they're going to end up wearing wigs or, or what they're going to do, but it's kind of hard to explain. You shave somebody's head and then have them have hair, you know, a week or two later uh, on like the next episode of Raw or SmackDown. I don't know. Uh, kind of with the, if you, I'm going to go way back to like the first uh, hair, hair match I can remember back when, um, Big John Stud attack on Andre, him and King Kong. Oh, you are going back. I'm going <laughs> way back. 
<laughs> and uh, eventually they uh, had a hair for hair match and where, you know, he got, after he beat Stud, he had to lock Stud into the doggone ropes and shave his head. But I, I think we're going to have to go uh, the, the reverse this time. I actually think, especially after hearing um, what you guys had said about it, it would work better if uh, Sonia is the one with the bald head. And since Mandy already kind of has a, taken a little bit of a facelift, I think Mandy's the one who goes over. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, I'm there too. I mean, I can't think of a time where the face lost the hair versus hair match. Like, it's a stipulation designed for the heel to lose. Um, it, it's meant for the, you know, it's, it's meant for the, like, it's, yeah, I, I like Ronnell said, like, everyone that I can think of, I've actually forgotten about Big John Stud and Andre, but like that one, there was Jarrett, you know, that's Straight when Society. Yeah, uh, CM Punk, um, all of them. Like it's just Kurt Angle. Like, and, and I think that Sony is the one with the better. Like, I can't see Mandy getting her hair cut and it working with her character. Uh, but with Sonya, I, I, I think it does. Yeah, I think she could own that gimmick. I mean, um, there's been rumors or, or dirt sheets and stuff that I've read that she may eventually end up making some appearances in underground, even though she's on SmackDown, because she also has, I guess, somewhat of an MMA background. Um, but I just, again, think that, you know, kudos to WWE for giving them a match. I mean, it just needs to be said, there's three women's matches on this card. And I, I believe right now there's still only seven matches, or maybe it's eight, but I mean, basically half the matches are women's matches. And it just would have been a shame if they waited and did this a week later and they've earned this spot on the card. And I really am. I'm really excited to see what these girls can do and what story they're going to tell. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, it's just cool to see somebody get their head shaved. It's not a gimmick that they use that often. The, the one thing that I'm concerned about is them doing some sort of screwy finish <laughs> to set up payback, you know, where it's, Oh, you know, I can't even think of it. Like Otis hits Sonya or something with a briefcase, something like that. And so that they do a rematch a week later. I, that's my one concern. Like, and that's because I feel like doing a pay-per-view a week later, like, I don't know who, who came up with that, but pretty terrible idea. Pretty awful. Yeah. It's probably so they can promote what they are now, that if you sign up for your free month of uh, WWE Network, you get two pay-per-views uh, during that time period. Uh, and Damn it. I hate that you're right. <laughs> I, mean, I, I actually believe I heard it on one of the uh, programs recently. We were talking before we came on the air about uh, Bill Simmons had an interview with Triple H, and it actually was really good. They talked for about 30, 40 minutes, and my favorite part was Bill Simmons brought up, like, if I was the star of wrestling or you brought me in, the first thing I'd do is, why are you doing a three-hour Raw? And Triple H is like, because they pay us more money, you know? And I mean, like, that's honestly what it's all about. And at the end of the day, whether we like it or not, that is the deal in a lot of situations. But so we mentioned there's three women's matches. We got two more. You got Sasha and Bailey both defending the belt versus Asuka. It has already been announced Bailey will take on Asuka first. So let's start with Sam. My question is, is it more likely that Asuka wins one belt, both belts, 
are no belts? I feel like it's one. And I, I think that this is where you <laughs> feel like we've been saying. I've You're been about saying to, I was going to say, I've been saying this for over a year. We're <laughs> yeah, about to get to the moment. point where they split. This is the moment. But, but I think that this is the, the SummerSlam setting up for WrestleMania. Um, and I think that actually, again, it's, it's going back to like that whole thing about how good Bailey is as a phase. But yeah, I think that you have some sort of, you know, woo-woo to do, to have um, Bailey be the one who uh, costs Sasha the title and, or, or Sasha caught, you know, something where they, where, where Sasha is the face. Cause I think that Sasha, cause I feel like there's money in a Bailey Sasha mania match. You got to keep Bailey Hill too with the run yeah. she's on. I mean, no offense to Sasha. I just, and Sasha was a really good heel. I felt like in NXT, but I mean, this run Bailey's been on has just been incredible. Right now. What do you think? Is it one yeah. title, both titles or no titles? Uh, I am in complete agreement with you, Sam. Um, that's seemingly like, I, I know that we were talking about how frustrated we were or whatever, but this one just seems like it's time with the way they've um, built this one up, that this event is going to begin the split right here. Um, the question is, is who is the one who's going to lose the title? Um that I don't know. I honestly think that in the end, um, Heel Bailey has to hold on to one of these titles. So she's going to wind up costing Sasha the Raw title, I feel. And that's so, a guess, actually. <laughs> I'm going to go out and left field here. I actually think they're both going to lose. And Asuka's going to win both belts. Then you have them lose the tag titles the next week. And then you can really, from there, start the dissension because everything's been going right, right for so long. Uh, I actually kind of would like for WWE to unify both the men's and women's titles again. I just think that it would make a lot more appealing matchups on a regular basis because, you know, there's just only so many places you can go in each year, in my opinion, with two rosters, even as deep as this is, especially at the top of the card. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but I would love it if they did it. And if you're saying one of them loses, I think it was a big hint that Bailey is going to get to go first because it would make sense that whoever went first retained probably with help from the other one. And then something happens in the second one where, you know, the person that was helped in the first one maybe inadvertently causes, you know, the second match. So in this case, Bailey would call Sasha the match. Um, if Oscar wins, and so we're saying it's probably going to be the raw title, do you go right into Shayna Baszler or do you go a different direction? I would go actually because right now, you know, they tagged on, I think it was they tagged on Monday. Mm -hmm. I kind of like the idea of building, you know, the, there's always there's always Charlotte. And I think that, you know, not to crap on Charlotte because I think Charlotte's amazing. Um, but I, I think that there's always a good WrestleMania match for Charlotte, Oscar. But I think that you slow build, you know, and maybe have Shayna turn on Oscar. Um, build. I, I don't think you jump to that match. I think that's one that you sort of build to. That's a money match to me. Ronald, who do you think it would be? Um, I'm really not certain either. Uh, I would. I'm hoping we may get Charlotte back. I, you know, like 
Sam said, you know, a lot of people crap on Charlotte, but quite honestly, she's the best female wrestler on the planet. So um, um, it's always exciting to have her back. I think Shayna would be the way to go. I just don't know what they're going to be doing with this uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler situation. But I think Shayna and Asuka would make for a, a great Survivor Series Women's Championship. And that's honestly a reason that we could see both of them end up retaining is I would think that both brands have a lot more options with Sasha and Bailey as the champ than they do as Asuka, just because, again, who are you going to put there? If you put Shayna into it, you're either going to take the belt right back off of Asuka or you're putting Shayna again in a title match in her first, what, like five, six months on the main roster, and she's lost both of them. And that's just, you know, Sam has said it plenty of times, wins and losses matter. And especially when these, you know, guys or females are just starting to get established, you, you don't want to have them lose too much too quickly. I mean, you could always put uh, put Nia in, and especially, you know, we, we were talking a little bit, and I think we'll get in I mean, before this, but we'll get into it more when we get to um, NXT. He who you know, Nia, be named. Yeah, <laughs> not, Nia, um, you know, made some pretty public criticisms of Triple H and his support for Velveteen Dream. I wouldn't be, sh- you know, and... and the, whether you think it's right or wrong, and we'll get into that more at that point, um, I could see like putting her in and jobbing her out to um, to Asuka as punishment. And I mean, huge punishment, right? Like putting her in a title program. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I could see that, you know, just to, to sort of make her look, you know, not, not make her look bad, but that's the punishment is that she gets, she gets jobbed out to Asuka. But I actually think it's something that would be good for Asuka because she and, and Naya have good matches, and Naya, like, that's the kind of thing. It's like, you're not going to potato Asuka because Asuka's going to throw hands right back. And Asuka has dominated Naya, which I didn't realize. You know, they'd fought a good bit in NXT and stuff, and I think she has, like, an 11-1 and or 12-1 and record against her. I think the one loss was, like, a DQ or something. Um, let's move on to the U.S. title match. we got Apollo Crews defending the title versus MVP. What does it say about this rivalry that I think the right decision is to put the belt on the guy in his late 40s over the young up-and-comer Apollo Crews? Ron L., is it just not working for Apollo, or is MVP just that good? Right now, MVP is just that good. I mean, he's making something out of nothing. Quite honestly, he's made me care about this U.S. title picture a lot more than I have probably since Styles um, had it last and, you know, lost it to Ricochet. And that was like the decline right there. So I actually think it does make sense to have MVP go over. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Ronell And I think that there's, I think it's a little of both. I, I really like Apollo. Um, I, he's one of those guys that I kind like. I know that RC would be. He doesn't have personality, but like, he like I just he's point. got. But he's a guy like he's he's like really just ripped up, and he's able to do a moonsault. Like he's so incredibly athletic. Like okay, great. Like he doesn't have a personality. Like get him a manager. Like put him with MVP. Get somebody who can talk for him because he is. Like, I feel like he's so, 
like one of those guys that I, I'm on it. Like, and this is part of why I'm sure RC would give me shit for this also. Um, that like I would have put a lot of money that Apollo would have been a huge deal. And I, I've just been sort of baffled that they haven't been able to, to get him right because he, to me, is somebody who should be so – like, he should just be very – like, he should be a huge deal. Like, he's, he's built the way that Vince likes. He's a, a great worker. Like, there's just so many things that, like, I, that he has going for him. I don't get, you know, why he's, he's – and I, but I think he would benefit, honestly, from working with MVP and having MVP talk for him. But, yeah, I think that MVP winning makes the most sense. That's why I think Apollo Crews will probably uh, regain the title. I just hope if that is the case, it is a deal where he joins the stable. Because if you add him to Lashley, Benjamin, and MVP, now he's the young guy in the group. Because that's kind of the one thing the Hurt Business is missing right now is, you know, they have the monster – uh, obviously, and lastly, Benjamin's been on, you know, the roster forever. Same thing for MVP. And usually in these factions, you need the young up-and-comer. And no offense to Cedric Alexander, uh, but it would make a lot more sense to be Apollo Crews. I, I, yeah, I will be honest. Like, this is something that, like, and I should, you know, not, <laughs> not necessarily my – I should stay in my lane here. But it's a problem. Uh, I already smell it. I smell it. (laughs) I know exactly what you're about to say. And and it's that the WWE, like, why, like, black guys wrestle black guys. Like, it's Ring of Honor had this problem, too. And it's, Ron, I I will let you speak on this more. No, go right ahead. Go right ahead. But it's the whole, like, like, the stable is... They're like four black guys on the roster, and like, well, he's not with a new day. Like, it's either new day or it's and domination. Yeah, I mean, it, it's and you have that in Ring of Honor too, and they're fe- you know, and so you have MVP feuding with Apollo Cruz. It's just like, it just I don't know. It's something about it rubs me the wrong way, and like, it's not like New Day. They're friends. It's fine. But it's like it feels like the inevitable. Like it's always, and it's the same. Like I've been, I've beaten this drum a lot about like how Vince characterizes black wrestlers. But like it is kind of depressing to me that like that that they're like these are the guys who are feuding with each other. Like it's always going to be the black like with Vince, the black guys feuding with each other. And you're uh-huh. spot on, my friend. No, he's very much spot on. Uh, I I felt it in the air, and I knew that's exactly where he was going. And no, he's a hundred percent right about it. You Phil you know. Collins them. Sorry. You Phil Collins them. That might yes. be too wide of a reference for you, Ron. <laughs> oh, oh no, absolutely. Okay. Phil Collins has a lot of street cred. Just making sure. <laughs> I posted three of the greatest comedies of all time. Came out in 1988. Oh, it was Caddyshack, Airplane, and the Blues Brothers. And there was I just got Love roasted it. in the comments about could I be any whiter? Yeah, uh, this is, yeah. This is the most saltine post there. <laughs> I, I will take a lot of the slack for uh, you know two of those three movies. Caddyshack. But if you're gonna talk bad about Blues Brothers, like come on man they're on a mission from god uh let's move on to the tag team title match it's the street profits versus andre and angel garza i cannot remember wwe mishandling a tag team championship team who actually has a lot of talent Mm -hmm. with their first run as much as they had the street profits let's go over this okay 
They finally got over the top, won the belt. So you think, okay, they're going to have this series with the Viking Raiders. It's the one team they couldn't beat. It's, it's, the stuff writes itself. Instead, they did a bunch of weird stuff. It culminated in whatever that was. It was it, oh, it wasn't even WrestleMania, was it? It was a pay-per-view after? Yeah, it was. Uh, was that Money in the Bank? I think it was Money in the Bank. Yeah. And again, it was entertaining, but I just didn't understand the use of it. Now they're like buddies, and they got T-shirts that are cross-promoting. And then I, I just don't know what they're doing with these guys, and I am so high on Montez Ford, like so high. I just like – when I watch him do the flip over the top rope, he's the only guy I've ever seen that lands on his feet if he wants to every time. I've seen him almost kill himself. What was it, a couple of months ago, right, Ronnell, where he hit the uh, metal part? And uh, mm. it sounded like he broke his back, but I thought he was impressive in the segment, as bad as it is when they did the poison, uh, you know, storyline, the way he reacted in the match and fell over. Um, but again, all this like weird storyline stuff when it's like, just let these guys be themselves and go out there and do what they do and, and do it on wrestling and their, you know, their ability, both of them can talk. But instead, it's just been a mess. Uh, Ron L., is there any way the Street Profits lose this match? And what do they need to do to get them back on track? (sighs) Hopefully, um, (laughs) they don't lose. Uh, Let's start there. Because as we were, uh, as I was going If you put over over a team that tried to poison one of the competitors, I don't know what that says. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, To boot, another makeshift team that was just slapped together a month ago or so. But, you know, I remember when, um, right before the Profits won, uh, I was saying they need a lengthy run at least until SummerSlam. And it's like, okay, here's SummerSlam. You're not going to take the belts off to these guys, are you? And and it's like... What are you doing with your tag team division, unfortunately, in, on Raw right now? It, it's absolutely horrible. Um, Street Profits and Viking Raiders were money if you just let them go. That whole two-month thing that with all of those whatever, the competitions, is, wasn't even remotely funny. It, it was the most Vince McMahon shit. Like, I just imagined him like, they're gonna be they're golfers because they're Scottish. Get it? <laughs> what did Bray say in the uh, Funhouse Firehouse match? That's good shit. So yeah. <laughs> what What do you think uh, on this, Sam? Like, well, what can they do to get this back on track? I think they have to like let them. And it's this like getting sort of piggybacking off with both of you said like just let your talent be talented like don't like you don't have to micromanage it and like I feel bad for the Viking Raiders too mm-hmm. who like started out as the like how <laughs> you screw up the Viking experience like just so <laughs> terrible <laughs> like and they made it work yeah. They, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's and, as much as you could, but I'm saying, like, you know what I mean? They, they didn't lose their position. They just repackaged the name base because the characters were the same. And the thing that kills me too is, is that like I think that there's something like because we're technically at war. Vince McMahon doesn't want to call them the War Raiders. <laughs> like I, I, I'm and like of all the weird Vince McMahon. That's things, where he like, draws the line. 
Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, so like, with, the, with their music, you can't chant war, which is fine, whatever. Uh, but I, yeah, I mean, let them, I actually think this could be Sleeper, like a really good match. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that just like, if you want to get it back, let them let them go out and have like a 15 to 20 minute match that shows why you like the street profits like oh like that's why we like them and, and honestly it reminded me a little bit of like when the new day got hot and the wwe got like their fingers in it and like i feel like that was when we had like sunny boy <laughs> and like the old day and like some of that really awful like the WWE really shouldn't. When do people college. started rooting for the Usos, even though they were the heels, and the New Day were so over. Yeah, and like that—that's what I'm getting into. But I think that you know, yeah, just let them go out and have like a 20 minute match, and just remind us why, like Ford and uh, I'm blanking on his tag team partner's name, just bad. Um, but I yeah, let them go out and let them hey, be. Dawkins. Damn, Thank I, you. I did too. Uh huh. Dawkins and Ford. Yeah. Let them like, but they're really charismatic. Like they have a great connection with the crowd when there's a crowd, but yeah, like let them go out and have like a really competitive match. And like, like I I think that, and I hammer this a lot, but like one of the really like, uh, and Keith, I was with you on unifying the world titles. I think that that allows you to make the secondary titles more important. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, with the tag team titles, like, let them be the best tag team in the world. Like, give us reason to believe that they're the chance, that they're the best. And make no mistake, and it's not that I'm saying anything, because Andrade and Angel Garza are both quite talented in the ring, so they can put on a a pretty excellent match. I just had to throw that in there. Yeah, I was going to say, there's an NXT nerd corner. I just... Andrade, I didn't, I wasn't really watching NXT a lot when he was in the main event scene. He's so good in the ring, like so good. I think he has a great look. I know he's a little bit on the small side, especially for the guys they normally really push that can't talk or, you know, get over with the fans. But I I think he's fantastic. I mean, he can, I I think he can get over, but I think, Ronell, I get what you're saying, which is like, if it's a tag team division and the idea is that these guys work together and it's a team, like the to to in kayfabe, like there's a reason why when we think about just to use a sports example, the O four NBA finals, where you had this team in the Pistons that was a great team, like really worked well together, as opposed to this Lakers All Star team that was these guys who might be really great on their own but didn't mesh well as a team. That's tag team wrestling. <laughs> 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 yeah, you had to bring that one up. Oh, are you a Lakers fan? Or yeah. are you? Uh, yes. Oh, sorry, man. He's uh, fine. They've won enough titles. Could be an Atlanta <laughs> fan for a day. I don't feel sorry for him. Uh, I I was worried that like I'm not. Uh, uh, but yeah, like the but you get what I'm saying with that. Where like the idea is that you know you have a team versus an all-star and that's like tag team wrestling where these guys work together and are a team that like, unless you're cesaro team. you can be tag <laughs> chance with anybody cesaro is the <laughs> the joke the joke that's been made for years is that he's gradually like he started out as the swiss superman 
And then he became the Swiss cyborg. And at the rate he's going, he's going to be like the Swiss. Swiss uh, no, the Swiss guy Gardner. It was a oh, nice. reference. It was even nerdier than that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got two title matches. Um, and I got to admit, I'm excited for both of these for a little bit different reasons. So first we got, we're going to talk about the Fiend versus Braun, the universal title match. Let's just go this way, and I'll start with Ron L. Who wins, and what is the swerve? Because I just have a feeling this match is definitely going to have some kind of swerve. Uh, definitely a swerve here. What it is, is I'm not certain. Um, I My guess would be that what we were talking about is what's going uh, the, with the double, uh, the heel and face turn for both. The question is, is actually, if that's the case, now that I say it out loud, it, uh, it would make more sense for Braun Strowman to actually retain at being one of the uh, very few to actually go over on the Fiend. What do you think, Sam? Um, I, I think we're going to get a fuck finish to this and <laughs> we're going to have a rematch next week. Um, that there's going to be some weirdness, some cliffhanger has to be. And I mean, and, and I think that I, I, the title match, depending on the order, if this goes on last, no, that's not what happens. But if it goes on, if uh, McIntyre Orton goes on last, then we're definitely getting a goofy finish to this to set up for payback. Do you think if Alexa ends up aligning with the fiend in this match, is it more likely the Fiend wins the belt or loses the match? Ron, I will go with you first. If Alexa aligns with the Fiend, um, more likely she does something to draw Braun's attention enough to get the title off of him. What do you think, Sam? Um, I think it's more likely... I, I think... Bray wins the title. That's just what I'm seeing. It would be hard for the Fiend to probably recover from this, right? Because he lost to Goldberg. I mean, he's already lost so much steam since, you know, how hot he was going into the Hell in a Cell match. And then this loss, he's already lost to him once. I know it was this Bray Wyatt, but still. I, yeah, I, I think that the Fiend, <laughs> the, again, like, <laughs> RC's ears are going to be burning. Um, <laughs> I I think that the fiend you can he have Bray Wyatt it. lose. You know he does. But, but I'm fine. Uh, uh, I know that she. I I know that um, that he's not a, a a Finn Balor fan. I'm fine with Bray Wyatt losing. The fiend shouldn't lose. That's the like that's the money. You, the same way that you protect the demon, you protect the fiend, and so. I think it's fine for Bray Wyatt to have lost, but you need to protect the Fiend, the character. And I think you give him the title here. And just not to mention that, Bray Wyatt's history of kind of being Charlie Brown, you know, and like right when he gets that football, WWE picks it up. I mean, this might be the worst example, even with all of his mania losses and feuds that, you know, everybody's like, this is going to be the one where he gets over and he, he loses the ball off match. Boy, this this would be tough as the fame to you know basically he's lost every match he's been in that I can remember since the Rumble because the other two were cinematic matches that he technically went over they weren't actual in the ring matches and and the 
the the Firefly Funhouse might have been my favorite wrestling match, like anything of this year. Oh, and I know for that, sure. And, and like, but I also get that like it was my favorite. Like, it feels for wrestling nerds. <laughs> yeah, but it also feels hypocritical of me to talk about that when I'm always like, oh, kayfabe, you know, it's story. <laughs> when, when like that was basically like, hey, we're gonna do a big giant David Lynch thing <laughs> that like. It so does again. I, I do understand hypocrisy there, but uh, I, I'm a hypocrite, so we're just gonna keep moving. Uh, on to the it next match, creative right? though, and I mean, that's what we all want as wrestling fans, right? It's something different that we hadn't seen before, and it's entertaining. I thought that, yeah, and I thought that it paid off a lot of history and that sort of thing. I was just a big My I like Easter it. eggs and stuff like that, yeah, like the whole thing. And I thought that, like, the other thing is, is that Bray. So Husky Harris obviously didn't get over because whatever, but he got Bray Wyatt over until it became such a joke that they couldn't anymore. And then he got the fiend over like, this is stuff that like, I don't think a lot of people could have gotten these gimmicks over. And I don't think that we give Bray Wyatt, you know, Wyndham, which like also, by the way, Wyndham Rotunda is an amazing wrestling name. (laughs) (laughs) Like that, like, sorry, like that, he could just wrestle on his real name. But I don't think he gets enough credit for the fact that, like, there are a lot of people where, like, Bray Wyatt or uh, The Fiend could have been super corny. And, like, I remember the first time I saw the Firefly Funhouse was at the gym, because my gym has the East Coast feed of Raw on, uh, so I can watch it when I'm working out, and I tend to. And I remember seeing it, like, and being like, oh, what is this? And then, like, oh, this is really cool. And so I don't, I don't think we appreciate Bray Wyatt enough for that, for like getting these things over. And the fact that now he can interchange between all of those personalities, just amazing. Yeah. So the other title match is Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. There's a lot of ways we could kind of go or talk about this, but honestly, what I'm interested in from both of you is, who is going to win this and who do you think should win this? And we'll start with Ron L. Um, who should win? Um, I think who should win is Drew McIntyre. Um, he's had a phenomenal run. Um, it would be great, especially considering the run that Randy Orton's been on this year for Drew to go over Randy as hot as he is right now would really cement uh, this first title run, I think. Problem is, is that I don't know if there's still any uh, Ric Flair involvement in this, but I think Drew goes over and I'm going to predict Drew to go over. Sam, same question. Uh, I, I, this is honestly hard for me to pick. Um, my only concern is, I, again, and it's very easy for me to be like, screwy finish with the pay-per-view next week. (laughs) Like I could just say that for every match, but I could also see that in part because I don't know where they go from this with Drew. Like, I don't know who he feuds with next. If it's not, you know, I I feel like he's feuded with so many people. Like, I I don't know who's left on raw. Um, I, I think he should win. I think it's cool. Like the the one 
I would. I, I think that he should win. I think that it's a great way of him sort of getting that retribution on Orton. Um, you know, come. I I I think that it. You know, of of making him the hero who like Orton's come in and he's beaten down Edge. He's beaten down Ric Flair. He's beaten down. You know, and and now it's time. And Shawn Michaels. Uh, and it's time for the hero to come in. So I, I would like Drew to win it from that perspective. Um, I think he will. I just don't know. I'm conflicted because I don't know if Randy Orton doesn't win the title here, if he will win another WWE title, like heavyweight title and his run with WWE. I mean, if you think about it, it's been since 2013, really? since his last title reign. Do you remember his last title reign? How oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember but I'm just saying, it's already been seven years. So is it likely that he, you know what I mean, gets another one if he doesn't hear when, you know, I know a lot of people think it's just a rehash of his, you know, legend killer. I think it's so much better than the original because he's so much better on the mic. I've talked about on this podcast how I think he's benefited from no crowds as much as anyone because he's not getting messed with by the fans. He's allowed to you know, kind of talk in the weird way that he does when he really gets going on the mic. But I just, I don't know why you would like let Drew lose this match with his age, how much we know WWE, you know, believes in him. Uh, Vince has obviously believed in Drew for a long time. And I think Drew has done a really good job considering what, I mean, like, I just could not imagine hey, you're going to win the Rumble. You're going to knock Brock Lesnar out of the ring, stare him down like you are just like the baddest mofo on the planet, and then you're going to get to beat him at Mania. And then as you get going to that, you're like, oh, by the way, there's going to be no crowd reaction, no fans. And then, oh, your first four months as champion, there's no crowd reaction, no fans. And again, to go back to that Triple H podcast, he said it's been almost impossible even for them to really kind of get a hold on what is really over right now? What is really working? Because as we all know this, or at least I know me and Sam do, we got to get Rhino on Twitter. If you go to Twitter and you search anything, you can find two sides to a story. You know, if you nitpick, you can find a bunch of people loving an angle, hating an angle, whatever. And it's just, he's been in a really bad position. And I think we talked about this last week. When you, you take out Lesnar, you know, I know the Big Show's old, but it's still a big deal to beat the Lesnar and Big Show back-to-back nights. Then you take out Orton. I mean, you're starting to make a star, which I believe this is what they're trying to do, right? The Yeah, and, and again, to, to the I think that the other difficult thing is is that, okay, without crowds, that's true. You could look at thing, other alternative things, not just social media, but like merchant, you know, you can look at YouTube views, that sort of thing, but it's not an, an exact science. I would say, well, look at merchandise sales. Only, you know, we're in an economic downturn, so maybe nothing's selling. Um, and then, well, we, you could do focus groups, but who's going out of their house? You know, there's all these things that this pandemic does. Um, I, yeah, I think that it's hard. I feel for Drew. Um, but I, I do have a hard time imagining him losing. I just, I, I, because I, I, who would Orton feud with? 
if he wins. You well, know, I mean, who, you could argue that it maybe be Drew and they might do a, a deal where Orton gets the 14th title win. Maybe it is his last, then he gives it back to Drew. If not, you know, the next week, you know, a month or two down the line. Hmm. Then um, there's, you know, the possibility of Edge when he returns from injury. Yeah, I do not, though, want to see a world title feud between those two. I don't have a problem with them having another match, but, like, I'm right. excited to see Edge fight some other dudes. Like, I was really excited he came back thinking, okay, Edge could take on, you know, Styles, Daniel Bryan. Like, there's all these guys, Roman Reigns, yeah. Seth Rollins, and it's like, instead, you get Orton. Um, before we move on to NXT, one last thing. They're moving into a big arena, the Amway. Yeah. They're not – calling it the, are they calling it the thunderdome like they this weekend are. so this weekend it will be called that for both nxt and SummerSlam. from they what you guys have SmackDown. seen and heard what do you think ron i will start with you um it's interesting um it's actually i think i'm going to try to jump on one of these lists for maybe a monday night raw but um it's Sam, please do concept. it I got to get Sam on there because, you know, trying to start ironic chants and, you know, just basically trying to hijack the show. Oh, Ronald could do the same thing. Um, the, um, Ronald's not as much of an instigator as you are, Sam. Definitely not. Uh, uh, I, my, well, like, I, I also, my thought was, is like, isn't Thunderdome, like that's I don't know how they're not gonna get sued by Warner Brothers when it's like that's a Mad Max movie that Warner Brothers owns. It's Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. And so I mean, good God bless if they can, but I I think that it looks honestly, isn't this what they're doing for the NBA? Like it looks somewhat what the they've big done for difference. Hockey. That from what I've seen, just and again, this is a photo. I don't know if this is definitely what it's gonna look like. The NBA did a really good job of, like, I don't know how they did it, but they zoom in on the person's face, and the background is all the same, right? Well, Mm -hmm. from the WWE picture we saw, it's more of a wide shot, so you can see the background like you can see of mine right now, and then it just looks like a normal Zoom call, you know what I mean, with all these screens out there to where, at least with the NBA's, everything looks the same. You know, all you can basically really make out is the person's face, and... Again, I'm going to give it a chance because I'm always one of those people, like, I hate people who just immediately crap or say they love something before it's even really got started. It's like, let's see a couple, you know, we've got two good cards this weekend. Let's see what happens, and then we can make a call on it. But, and I'm sure they're going to tweak it, too. It's not like what, you know, they're doing for NXT will probably be something, you know, exactly what they're doing a month down the line or a few weeks because from what I understand, they're going to be doing this, for as long as basically they're probably not doing live shows, at least in front of audiences, and it's partly for the pyros and, and just more of the experience. Um, and it is going to be nice just to have something different because, you know, all the shows lately have obviously been the exact same with the crowd, the, you know, the lighting, the, the camera shots, all that stuff. And that's one thing that does interest me is that, I actually think that this has sort of been Vince's dream of being like that he has for years wanted to have this much control, like absolute control over the uh, product. And to now, you know, not have that absolute control. I, I, and especially like 
you kind of, like, if you think about it, like, I see a lot of issues with this. Like, I live in an apartment. I am not going to be one of screaming at the top of my lungs. Like, I don't want my neighbors to think I'm psychotic, like, screaming, like, you deserve this. Clap, 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 clap. Like, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested. Like, I, I, it's at least, hey, it's something different. And that actually, one thing I don't think that Eric Bischoff gets enough credit for and that AEW has picked up because WCW did it was the, um, was the, like when they would do raw nitro at uh, Club La Vila for spring break, or they would do, uh, you know, and and raw used to do this as well, where they would do raw at the Manhattan center. Like it just looked different. Like not, we, it doesn't have to be the same thing every week. And I want something that breaks up the monotony. Is there anything else on SummerSlam you want to talk about before we move on to NXT? One question. Do you think that there's any chance that Otis cashes in? Wow. I hadn't even, this is how much they have made him an afterthought for like the last six to eight weeks. I honestly forgot he had the briefcase and that was even in play. That would be a way out, right, of the Braun Bray deal where, you know, I don't know, they both, you know, incapacitate each other. And then next thing you know, he, he cashes in. Um, that would be kind of a cool thing is if Mandy lost her hair and then, you know, convinced him to, you know, cash in and they kind of turn them hill, which is what I was hoping when they first, you know, he first won the briefcase and him and Mandy got together. What do you think, Rono? That would be a nice swerve. At least it would be something to drop our jaws and something for them to carry into the you know next pay-per-view, which they stupidly put on the week after. Do you think it's a good chance that Otis is a successful cash-in or a good chance that he has an unsuccessful cash-in? I unfortunately think that Otis will not be cashing in. Sam? Uh, I don't I think that I don't think he'll be successful. I I the character as he exists now as a world champion is not likely and is in fact kind of concerning. And looking back at that match, it was it was a shocking decision there, like at the time, and now I'm pretty sure that they did it just for shock's sake. Because there were so many other guys in that match, Corbin uh, you know, AJ Styles, Daniel, there's a lot of guys you could have had won that match. It would just made so much more sense. There'd be storylines, et cetera. Uh, and again, he, I mean, he's basically, I don't even know if they've mentioned he's the money in the uh, bank briefcase holder for, you know, the last two months, but maybe once. Um, I, 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 do, I do kind of respect also like, and this is just like, I'm a huge mark for Daniel Bryan Danielson. I love that he's just like on paternity leave, living his best life, <laughs> yeah. doing vegan like gardening, like just very like very nice. I just have to be honest with that. Like I I find his Instagram feed makes me very happy. Where he's like, I like garden. Like these are fresh peppers from my garden. I'm just like, good for you, Brian Danielson. Like live your best life. Like I'm proud to be a fan of yours. And he got the uh, the cooler of the Belichicks, in my opinion. So. Yeah, you know, that's I, a winter. I mean, he seems like yeah. I, I just like, I just really like like I just like him as a person. Like I really am like admire him as a person. So, 
So for NXT, we're going to go right, start at the top with the title match because I want to talk about this. I'm a little confused. So we got Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross. Lee's been champion now for, what, a few months. Karrion Cross has been on the roster for a few months. Has, has NXT, like, backed themselves in a corner with this title match? Because do you really want to take the belt off of Keith Lee? I'm assuming if you do, he's got to go immediately up to SmackDown or Raw. And then if it's Karrion Cross, you built this guy up. He's had nothing but squash matches, including against Ciampa, which that, that's a pretty big deal in the NXT world. And then you're going to have him lose in his second like match that had any meaning because he's basically been a bunch of squash matches and fought Ciampa. And then the other thing I just want to discuss a little bit, is this the first true heavyweight title match that NXT has had where – it's two really big dudes. And we'll start with Sam here. No, uh, I think Samoa Joe had, I feel like he wrestled somebody I, at some point. I would, and I, you know, guys like super heavyweights, it might be. Um, I feel like Joe wrestled big guys at some point. Um, my, with Keith Lee and Karrion Cross, my concern here is that they'll do, like, if I have a criticism of Johnny Gargano, um, <laughs> it's, it's just like, I really feel like I've taken a cheap shot at Johnny Gargano here. Um, but the, the, my problem with the Gargano matches has always been that he starts at a 10. Like, he wrestles that first match, and it's so at a, such a high level that you can't top it. Um, and my concern is, is that we're going to do that with Keith Lee and Karrion Cross. is that this will be the match where – it's really competitive and maybe carrying cross barely wins. And so there's a rematch. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I do feel like sort of, they like Hogan Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or yeah, that's a, um, but I, I, I think that the, that that is the match that I am. I, I don't know where you go with it. I mean, I, it's toss up. I think that if Keith Lee loses, you have to put him on the main roster. You know, maybe maybe he gets one more, you know, maybe he gets a rematch and they do the goodbye thing that they like to do, which I appreciate, but I have a hard time imagining him not, uh, you know, if he loses, he's gone. What do you think, Rono? Uh, totally agree with you guys. Um, and they did indeed, Sam, back themselves into a corner because there's no way that you can really squash Karrion Cross right now. Um quite honestly. And it really stings because I love Keith Lee as, as a, just as a fighter, he's been amazing, but uh, he's also one of the most ready-made guys who, uh, for the main roster. So um, if he does indeed drop it, yeah, give him his rematch, uh, bring him up. Um, the better question would be is uh, what show do you guys think he would work better on? He would need to go to Raw. In my opinion. I, I actually think, yeah, and I think he would do a good job. Honestly, I mean, and this is, again, like, I, I just, uh, I know this is my NXT bias showing and my Keith Lee bias, but having him be a ready-made feud for somebody like McIntyre or, you know, I, I, I don't know if Vince will get Keith Lee because Keith Lee is such a, like, Unor- I hate using that word because it feels so like 
corny, but he's such an unorthodox guy. Like, there's no one like Keith Lee. There's no one where I would be like, well, see, Keith Lee is like, uh, yeah. Like, he's Keith Lee. Vader and Bam, uh, Big Bam Bigelow are like the two closest. I know he's bigger than definitely Bigelow. I don't know about Vader, but that's like the closest. I know he's a lot more athletic in both of those, but it's kind of, you know what I'm saying, in the same kind of stratosphere where it's big guys that are really agile. Both of those are pretty good on the mic. He is too. Yeah, yeah he has this really singular can, can, bleh, charisma. So, yeah, I would say he needs – I would put him on Raw just because, yeah, the, they're sort of – especially as a, a champion, you know, Smackdown's challenging. loaded too. I mean, if you're looking yeah. at, like, the big names, SmackDown's got a majority of the guys right now. Yeah. I mean, Reigns is not even there right now, and, you know, he's included with that. Yeah. And another great part about Keith Lee is that you could actually put him in the mic for a, for a five-minute promo – leading into a match so you know needing to fill that three hours of raw you know he can get in there and instantly talk one yeah more, one more thing before we move on here i don't know if karen cross can recover from losing this match keith lee definitely can do you think that's a fair statement uh i, do. I actually I think anybody, I mean, I'm, I'm of the belief that like carrying cross is so new. Um, it depends on how he loses. Um, I think it would hurt. I think that it definitely. Does it have to be a clean win, right? Yeah. I can't see Keith Lee cheating. Uh, unless there was some sort of backfired cheating by cross with the big giant. Um, or he uses a fireball on him to get retribution. (laughs) Yeah. Something. I mean, but yeah, I, does it and misses. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I know this is what we all came to talk about. Go ahead and get your <laughs> pot pie too, there, Sam. Um, <laughs> we got a five-man NXT North American title match. I'm like so excited for this, and then WWE, like I don't know if they're trolling. I don't know if this is like. We're going to make him a heel. Um, what's going on? When you saw Finn Balor versus Velveteen Dream, real quickly, we already knew Bronson Reed was in the match, Damian Priest, Cameron Grimes. So that was a little surprising with the three names that were in there. All new guys that never held a belt in, in NXT. Johnny Gargano won the first match and the last chance on Wednesday. That made sense. And then you had Velveteen Dream versus Finn Balor. I don't know anybody who thought going into that match, Velveteen Dream, with what had happened recently, the fact that he had just came back. They've done nothing with Finn Balor since he's been down there. It, it just – everybody assumed, okay, it's going to be Finn Balor. Of course, WWE went the other direction. Velveteen Dream is in the match, we think. The, the kind of thing that gives you pause is – This was taped two weeks ago, so they had not only seen the reaction to this match, but his first match the week before back. Having said that, Ronnell, do you think Velveteen Dream will actually compete in this match on Saturday? And who do you think is going to win the North American title? I don't know if he does compete. Um See, seeing uh, all this extra stuff is uh, new to me about what's been happening on Twitter, and I guess 
you guys are really going to wind up dragging me onto that platform. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's a hell site. Dark but... side, uh, and it's, it's actually funny. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to mention that too, that during this match with Finn Balor, it's like, uh, is Velveteen a heel now? Because it certainly seems that the crowd has it where Balor is the face here. So I still also expected Finn to go over in that match, so it's surprising. So what I'm thinking is is that if Velveteen actually does get to the ring, Finn comes out and just snatches him out of there and pretty much makes him a non-factor in the match. Um, Gauging from how this tournament has been going, I really feel that uh, they're going to put it on the thick boy Bronson Reed. Uh, that's it looks where it's going where they're going to try to give this kid a push you know Damian Priest has been uh, in this predicament before and never came through uh Johnny Gargano of course uh yeah three times champ right he's out twice right twice yes so I I can't see any of the uh Cameron Grimes I just don't see I don't think he's just quite ready and developed yet. So I think it's going to be the thick boy, Bronson Reed. Sam, do you think that Velvet Dream, uh, Velveteen Dream actually competes in the match on Saturday or something happens beforehand? And then who do you think is going to win? Um, so I'm, <laughs> oh, geez. Um, Keep it I, real. <laughs> I'm, I find it equally plausible that, Dream does and does not wrestle. I could see both sides. Um, if he wrestles, I, do you think they go all in and put the belt on him? Well, that was what I was going to say, is that I wondered if – I mean, there's a part of me that knowing the WWE could see them troll people, you know, and sort of like, oh, the internet fans, like you're not going to yada, yada, you know. the I, I think that they have this idea that it's still 1998 and, like, I I care about who specifically. Like, I don't. I'm not here like, oh, you should put every title on Finn Balor. I'm just like, tell good stories, and that's what NXT is excelled at. Um, yes, I could see Velveteen Dream winning it. My hope is actually, as you said about Finn, that they've done nothing with him. That it kind of makes sense for him either to win the title and you know to have him do something, or have him be the first challenger for carrying cross. Um, I think that uh, I, I ultimately think that Bronson Reed I'm with uh, Ronell on this one is the one that they're going to choose uh, because that's the one that they, I just think that the, based on how the, the tournament has been progressing, but I also think that ultimately I could see them trolling all of us. I mean, I, I, I just could, and putting it on Dream. And, and uh, we did discuss this. You know, Naya came out, and there was an Instagram post where uh, they Triple H said, you know, basically, well, we, you know, we never found anything. Like, it was, you know, he, was, he wasn't out because of the accusations. He was out because of um, the car accident. And I could see that they do that to, um, you know, I could see that they do that to sort of 
show like hey we're not going to listen to the you know this is how much faith we have in him and that it's Did not you true read why like the text messages like even having screenshots and stuff of it were not enough in that like case or instance because i was not aware of this apparently that that's not considered enough evidence to even bring charges on something like that seriously i I had not known that, and I thought that, wow. you know, but, yeah. Because I think um, pretty much you have to set it up, you know what I mean, to where it's almost like a sting. And at that point, then it is, but just because there was, and again, now this is stuff on Twitter. One was from a lawyer, and he's saying this is why, you know, basically it probably was WWE. What we said last week where it's like, he ain't innocent, but they can't get him for this. So they're, they're just going to say, okay, you know, there wasn't enough to bring charges. And then the other thing was there was a kid that said he's been contacting the police about like screenshots that he had of, you know, Velveteen Dream. And he's like 16 wanting to see his thing. And he was like, they basically told him it's not enough to do anything. I and I, I'm no expert in this, thankfully, but I had thought that if Dream sent something that it actually was like, I feel like there is some crime in sending naked pictures of yourself to a minor. Like, I feel like there have been stories about like, you know, or, or solicitation of child pornography. I, I don't know. Um, I know that Naya, sorry, I sort of went off on a tangent. Um, my why I should start taking Ritalin before we do these. Um, Naya, there was a post about how Triple H had said, oh, you know, it was just a car accident. And then she posted a bunch of clown emojis. And so I, if the locker room is against this, like, I, and again, like I stand by this, like letting him slide on this is not going to help Patrick Clark. If this is something that he's doing, like get him help, like show him that actions have consequences. Like he doesn't have to end his life. Like, I don't think that he's necessarily, you know, an irredeemable monster, but especially, you know, he didn't, you know, have sex with these kids. So it's a little easier for me to, to be a little forgiving, but like, yeah, help the guy out, like get him some help. Don't like be, don't teach him at, at 22, 24, 24, he's 24. Don't teach somebody at 24 that the world, like you can do this kind of shit. And as long as you're successful, we'll, we'll cover for you. Right so on. let's move on to something less depressing. Um, Io Shirai is taking on Dakota Kai for the women's title. I hate to say this. I kind of hope Io loses. And I only say this for two reasons. One, I'd like to see Dakota Kai get a title run. I think with her storyline and arc in NXT, it would be cool. They've obviously set up. She's going to have help, and I, you know, you you couldn't remember the street prophet earlier. I'm sorry. What is the the big woman that absolutely kicked EO as hard as I've ever seen anyone oh, give a big boot on Wednesday? Her muscle. God, it, it just escaped. Raquel me. Gonzalez. Yes. yes thank, thank you. you. So you've got that storyline too, and I would love to see EO get moved up to the main roster because. Ron L, to his credit, like NXT, I'm kind of in and out. Obviously, since we've been covered on the podcast, I've been watching it more. But I didn't know how good EO was. And, I mean, just every time I see her perform, I'm just blown away. That that triple threat match with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte when 
I kind of thought she was going to be the afterthought in that match, and she was the star. So I would love to see her get called up because we know Becky's going to be gone for, you know, obviously a, a good bit more. Nobody really knows when Charlotte's coming back. And it would be nice to have another new face uh, because they're not going to apparently use Bianca Belair in that position on the main roster in the, you know, women's division who can be a real force. So who do you guys want to win in this match? And who do you think will win? Sorry, Sam. Uh, I, I would like Dakota to win just because I, I think that that's, she's, I, I've liked her story for the past year or so. Um, I, the NXT women's division feels a little thin right now, honestly. And I worry that putting it, you know, that, that, they need to keep EO down there, but it's, I worry about what happens with that because I, but I do think Dakota Kai is the, the right pick there. So. Rana? Uh, I personally want EO to retain. Um, Dakota, uh, to her credit, has been putting in a pretty fantastic story um, uh, between what she had did with uh, Tegan Knox, uh, leading from coming back in the last year's war games and everything in the beginning of this year. Um, I, I really wasn't all that behind her, but she's been consistent. So I got to give her that. And like you guys said, she's got her muscle. So, you know, there could be the possibility that Raquel is the uh, uh, difference maker in this one. Did you guys see that big boot that I'm talking about from Wednesday? Yeah, um, yeah. It, it it was. I was actually. I was worried like, about Io. <laughs> it was stiff. It was very, very stiff. I was like, "Holy crap!" They just killed her. Um, the last match at NXT Takeover, and I'm probably about to get made fun of from people listening to this. Um, I've seen on the internet. It's not a very popular opinion i am so freaking excited for the adam uh cole pat mcfay match pat's promo on wednesday there's a lot of guys in wwe that need to be taking notes from that dude that was a promo like that's a guy that yes he talks for a living yes he's been a professional athlete but to do that in front of you know no crowd with really no true experience like exact to that point where he's in the ring talking to you know a big guy in a wrestling promotion it was like it was so awesome i was so fired up by the end of that promo and i think adam cole is going to end up beating the hell out of him which people are going to enjoy and this is i know a bad comparison but in a lot of ways i think this is going to be adam cole and nxt sort of Mike Tyson moment where you're going to get some people to watch this who are normally not involved in wrestling because Pat McFay has almost 2 million followers on Twitter. He has been big on ESPN, Barstool, all these major companies. It's going to drive interest. And I wish they would do more stuff like this when you have somebody who I believe Pat's going to do okay in the ring. I'm not saying he's going to be great, but I also think Adam Cole is a good enough wrestler where he can probably make it a great match. 
And I'm just, I am so excited about this. You, I might be more pumped about this match than any match on either card, which again, I know that's crazy. And I don't know what that says about, you know, WWE or either me as a wrestling fan, but that's just how I feel. Ron L, what do you think about this match? Uh, a couple of things. Um, yes, I think you're right. It's definitely going to draw a couple of eyes from the outside, um, you know, your non-typical NXT viewers. Um, I'm also wondering, is this an Undisputed Era face turn? Or are they using this for a face turn for the Undisputed Era because it's actually working? Um, will Pat McAfee bring his uh, his goons of his uh, former NFL no-names with him? Was it uh, AJ Hawk? Who was the guy on the left? The white, the really white dude who kind of said that hair. I honestly don't know. Okay. But, um, yeah, this should be – that was an amazing promo and an amazing segment there. So um, it's going to – I don't blame you for being a little bit excited about this. Not a little bit. I'm very excited, Ron L. Because, you know, <laughs> McAfee, McAfee is basically that guy who has just talked himself into getting the most royal ass kicking, and it's going to be beautiful. Um, Like the, the, Jim, the Jim Cornette part of me is like, motherfucking NFL punter wrestling, rabba, rabba, rabba. Um, <laughs> the, it, it, so... Yeah, I think that for a undisputed era turn, I my one concern with getting people to watch is that is it enough to get people to pay nine ninety nine and get the network? It's not like it used to be. It almost feels like a bigger commitment to me to be like, yeah, I'll pay nine ninety nine to watch Pat McAfee wrestle. Um, I think that it works somewhat better because NXT is a better show. And that's ultimately what these celebrity things are meant to do is that they work when you have a good show. And that's why Mike Tyson worked so well was that raw at that point was just so electric. Um, I think that NXT is not what it was, uh, but I think that it's a good use. I think that Adam Cole, I mean, to me, he has to go over just because like a non wrestler in his first match, like, and it would be another thing, like, if it was an NFL player who is not just a punter. But I feel like that's also something that could really scar Adam Cole for a long time as a wrestler. If he is, you know, if, if he loses to a football player. I would his, argue, you know, though, that if they're worried about that, they shouldn't have set this up because, I mean, McFay dwarfed him in the ring. And, I mean, this is a, and McFay's a big punter. He's a big dude. But I'm just saying, like, when they were face to face, I'm like, "Holy crap, he is a lot bigger than Adam Cole." <sighs> what me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's only six one. Well, Adam Cole must be like five nine. Because he was Adam. Uh, here's the funny thing: Adam Cole is listed. He is billed as six feet tall. Bullshit. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I know he's listed there, but come on. It's like I, little listen, Bow Wow. I'm sure he's standing on his tippy toes. I mean, but I'm not – listen, I'm – the other truth is that I'm not necessarily – I mean, I get it, again, and because I'm a hypocrite with kayfabe. I think that there should be something about, like, like Adam McAfee – Pat McAfee never wrestled a match. 
Like there should be something that should be the story that they tell. Well, they said I think about, it, did you, you saw Adam Cole at the end of the promo basically said, I'm going to make you my bitch on Saturday. Yeah. And I think that, uh, I think that there's, I'm interested in the story that they tell. Uh, I think Adam Cole has to go over. I just think he does. Um, I think that, I wonder if Undisputed Era might head up to Raw also. Like I, you know, there's usually a talent exodus around these, but they're a huge part of uh, NXT still. Ron, anything else you want to say on that oh, match or just uh, the NXT that, card overall? On that match, no. Um, it, it is an afterthought because, quite honestly, it isn't something that we really do need to discuss at length. There is one more match on the uh, NXT TakeOver card. There's the uh, number one contenders match to the Tag Team Championship. Don't know if you guys are really interested in talking about that one, though. Go ahead, Rono. Well, that one uh, is uh, uh, the Legado del Fantasma um, versus Breezango versus Lorcan and Birch. Uh, and, you know, they get a shot at Imperium for the tag titles. It, it's kind of strange that since they took the championships um, off the, uh, the Broser weights, since, you know, they're not uh, battling with the Undisputed Era, the tag title picture in um, NXT has been kind of sad. Well, that's what I was going to say is, how am I supposed to care about the tag team division when the champs are not defending it on your biggest pay-per-view of the year? I mean... No, the yeah, it's I I and and also, is there any way that Legado del Fantasma loses? I mean, the Brizango are not going to. I just can't see. I mean, Lorcan title shot. Yeah, I mean, I I just can't. The other teams, Brizango feels like they're there to be enhancement talent, and Oni and and, you know Lorcan and Birch Oni and Tui seem. Uh, afterthoughts, so I just can't see them losing. Uh, Legato del Fantasma losing. Sorry, I should have been clearer on that. So, is there anything else on NXT we want to discuss? Uh, no, we um, I, it's funny, it's just that what you what Sam had said about the women's division kind of sliding recently is kind of just echoing in my head right now. It is kind of sad because, you know, just a year ago, they, they were the hottest thing going. It's really sad. Like if we were doing like a wrestler on the slide right now, I would have to say Rhea Ripley from, you know, her, them throwing Oof. her into a... What is that? Like, what? like actually, let's talk about it. Ron, tell them what they did on Wednesday. God. Um, so it was a tag team match with uh, Rhea Ripley, Shotzi Blackheart versus... Oh God, um, Aaliyah and uh, the that other monstrous woman who also uh, just joined. Recently. Sorry, Ron. We've already both lost, I forgot a name today, so just that way we can have the hat trick. <laughs> but so, but yeah, and the and of course you know Shotzi uh, Mercedes uh, Martinez. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, we figured it out. Another monstrous woman. Um, <laughs> And that powerbomb at the end, I mean, that was the only upside about that entire thing. But, like, as soon as I saw that match, I'm like, this is what you're doing with Rhea Ripley. She's having to deal with uh, Pony Boy's uh, little stable here. Yeah, the Robert Stone brand. They're still doing that. Jesus. I think that NXT, I mean, this has happened. 
periodically for the women's division. Um, it happened when the horsewomen went up and it was, there was a period where there was this sort of malaise before the next line of trainees came out and we'll get there. Shotzi will get over and it, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't understand what happened with Rhea Ripley where like I get, okay, fine. You don't want her to go up to the main roster and, and lose beat Charlotte, but like, have her run the women's division like have her why is she not wrestling with you You know it just feels like there's a lot of meandering going on like why did they not why did they send bianca belair up to i mean like if they hadn't used her why not leave her in nxt let her get a, a run with the title uh i mean if i were just to spitball a guess it's because black. Uh, no <laughs> no 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 um <laughs> No, no, this actually isn't that. Uh, it's that, <laughs> it's that um, she's married to Montez Ford, and he has been good about he, accommodating couples. Yeah, and because of the pandemic, that they wanted to accommodate them there. Can we thank um, Eric Bischoff for that too? I mean, I I think that that's, <laughs> I, I but it, I think it's a reasonable thing. Like, why not accommodate your talent and let them oh, be I happy agree. on the road? I'm kidding, dude. I'm just giving you a hard time about I, Eric Bischoff stuff. Uh, so I was going to go over the AEW car in typical fashion. We've gone way too long. I'm going to go over the car and let's just say which match we are most excited about seeing Saturday. And then we can talk about it next week when we do our review of SummerSlam, NXT, and AEW. And we'll go as fast as we can because you know how we are. So this is the card for Saturday. It's actually pretty good. You got FTR versus Private Party. The Elite, which is the Young Bucks and Omega versus the Dark Order, Angels, uh, Reynolds, Silver, the final of the Women's Tag Tournament. All right, AEW putting on at least one tag match from the Tag Tournament on TV, even though it's Saturday. The Lucha Brothers, Butcher and the Blade versus Dustin Rhodes, QT Marshall, and Jurassic Express. And then Cody Rhodes is taking on Brody Lee for the TV title. Rhino, which match are you most looking forward to? Um. Both of those last two, only because I'm just happy to have the Lucha Bros back. Like, those dudes are insanely talented. And I love seeing them going in the ring. Um, they'll be able to tell a great story uh, against, you know, especially with Jungle Jack Perry and Luchasaurus. This should be a phenomenal match. Sam? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the uh, Ten Man. The, with again for the Lucha Brothers being back, just because I'm a sucker for Dustin Rhodes, uh, like aging gunfighter, like Western <laughs> gimmick where he's like the the guy who's like I can't quite go anymore, but like I'm gonna die with my gun, you know, I'm gonna die in a duel. Like I just I I dig it, and so I'm looking forward to like seeing that. I'm interested in the Cody Brody match just because. My biggest complaint with AEW so far is the women. But my second biggest complaint has been the fact that, New talent. you know, they give a lot of shit to WWE. Like the big AEW, I'm not saying all, but there's a lot of AEW fans that do about, well, you know, they don't ever bring up any new talent. They don't ever put people over. So far, your world champions have been Chris Jericho and John Moxley. Your TV champion has been Cody Rhodes. And then somebody like Brody Lee, who they bring in, makes such a big deal of, immediately put him in a few mocks that he loses. So now you're going to put him, what, a month, two later in a TV title match and then have him lose again? 
and you're trying to tell everybody the dark order is this big deal, like something's got to happen there. And I, I'm interested to see if Cody, like he can't turn Hill against Brody Lee, can he? Like that looks like where we're going, but I don't see that the opportunity. What do you think about that? I think with that, it would make more sense for Cody to lose and then the being upset about losing turning heel uh, a couple of weeks from now. That would make sense. Sam? Yeah, I'm with that. I think that just to diverge first, um, I think that the – it's one thing – I see your point about the champions being Jericho and Moxley – I don't think that Brody Lee, because Brody, I mean, it's the same thing as being there. Well, Sean Spears is a big deal on the show. Like, but Ty Dillinger wasn't, you know, Brody was Brody Lee as Luke Harper was a guy who everyone wanted to see get more attention. So I don't see him as a WWE guy so much as I see him as a guy who was under undervalued. No, I guess, um, but like Lance Archer, Brian K, you know, they've been just basically feeding all these guys that they're making are such big deals to the old WWE guys who are champions. The I will say, yeah, I see what you're saying. The one thing I will say is I'm with Ronell about Cody losing. If they're serious about doing a four horseman type stable, then I honestly kind of want him to turn on Arn Anderson. Like I think there's something very. Oh, you think it's going to be Tully that's kind of the mouthpiece or the the advisor or whatever? Yeah, I because I mean. Yeah, I I kind of see, and because that's how you turn Cody heel, isn't it? I mean, have him attack Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson's such a sympathetic or figure. Or his brother, right? Hey, yeah, yes, true. But I think in this case, Arn is such a sympathetic figure and t- historically, just because of his neck injury and like everyone loves Arn Anderson. Yeah. Whereas Tully Blanchard is not a sympathetic figure <laughs> in the same way. One other thing before we get out of here, is there any chance this elite versus dark order lays some more you know, breadcrumbs to the eventual Omega hangman split. Because again, it's weird. The tag champs are not wrestling and he's teaming up with what should be one of their biggest rivals right now. It's a team everybody keeps saying is the best wrestling, you know, tag team in the world. Yeah, that's the whole point of the match, I think, is to tell the story, you know, is that something happens and it somehow part moves the story forward with Hangman and, and Omega breaking up. Rono? Yeah, and it would make sense. Ooh, it just dawned on me. I, we're wondering about this, how serious the Dark Order is. Imagine if the heel was with Kenny Omega joining the Dark Order. I don't see it actually working because from what I understand about Kenny Omega, he would just be too much to throw into a group. But, you know, him and Brody maybe running the Dark Order? Or him. That is actually really good because he, you know, his cleaner character from uh, New Japan. I actually think that that's a, that's, is a, maybe not as the leader, but as sort of the, like, muscle you know, his hair is getting darker. And that's actually, that would be really good, Ronell. I like that. Yeah. Um, before we get out of here, Ronell, you want to plug some stuff? Well, uh, just my usual, harvestcreditors.com. Uh, if you want to clean up your credit score, um, 
get at me, uh, official Ronald Tinsley on Instagram, Ronald Tinsley on Facebook, uh, both personal and business. Um, I'm going to plug uh, the all-star for IBN Sports, uh, $5 a month, pays for itself. Also going to plug my Twitter. It is my first initial, my last name, how H-O is an Oscar, U-G-H, 610. That's not how you pronounce how H-O-U-G-H, or that's not how you spell how, at least. Right, um, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm you know, glad you told me it's that. It's always throwing me off, too, because oh, yeah. I know somebody who has the same uh, spelling of your last name, but it's pronounced Huff. So it's really. I'm sure he's only heard that four thousand. You know what I'm saying? Has been called. It, Huff it actually 4, was a thousand it, times. So it was originally pronounced Huff, and the, some relative of mine had a teacher, uh, who is I am sure roasting in hell right now, <laughs> for, who, who suggested that the he was like Hal has more characters, so it became Hal. So I like it, dooming man. us to a generation of no, it's actually pronounced how for generations. Yeah, but to me, it's always a swerve, you know, because somebody says it's like actually you're saying my last name wrong. Um, <laughs> I want to plug. We did a uh, backdoor cover episode on Tuesday. Myself and Alan, we did golf. We did baseball. Alan is just such a freaking genius. If you're not listening to this dude, you're missing out on easy wins. We talked in baseball about trends. He talked about the Yankees' bullpen. They've won two games since then. He talked about how crappy the Rangers' starting pitching is. He took against them the last two days, the overs hit on them. And then he talked about an Astros lineup that they have not been using much um, with, I believe it's Bregman, uh, as a leadoff. They've done that the last two days. He's took the over with them. They've scored like nine, ten runs and won both games. He knows what he's talking about. He might take 20 minutes to get to the point, but when he gets there, it's really good. And I love him. Uh, for the golf this week, I have Berger at 33 to 1. He was 500 today. Wolf at 70 to 1. He's six under. Uh, I have Wolf at plus 550 to top 10. Tiger at plus 200 to top 20. He's three under right now. Ustenhazen, who's six under at plus 350 to top 20. And Fleetwood, who's six under at nine to one to top five. So just stick around. You'll see how those picks will, you know, turn to ashes this weekend and somehow screw me. And we won't end up having a big week, but we got off to a good start. That's always, that's, that's the first step to having a big money week and gambling. But other than that, just the team turnbuckle wrestling podcast. And this podcast will be shared on the Ivy podcast network on Spotify, anchor and Apple. We would really appreciate it if you'd rate and review RC. I'm sorry. I forgot to do that at the beginning. I think that's the first time in like six months I had done that, but that's okay. Uh, anything else before we get out here guys? No, just always thankful for the Team Turnbuckle podcast group. You guys have been amazing. Getting a, always invite your friends. We've got an influx of new people. So great times. And I always enjoy doing this with you guys. You're good, te- you're, you're good co-hosts. I like thank you, Eric Bischoff, right? <laughs> I'm never going to hear the end of that one. We're going to do a podcast on it. Well, that'll be one of the uh, podcasts. Seriously, we need to do something on Eric Bischoff. That's fair. Uh, but this has been another edition of the Team Turnbuckle Podcast. We will be back next week to break down what happened at SummerSlam, Dynamite on Saturday, and NXT TakeOver. See you guys.